Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, save up to $1,000 on Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus special financing, only for a limited time. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. If you're a movie collector, you need Movies Anywhere. It pulls your favorite purchase movies from participating digital retailers into one central place so you can finally say goodbye to scattered movie collections and hello to an organized library. With Movies Anywhere, you can watch your favorite movies on any compatible device whenever and wherever you want. Ready to grow and enjoy your digital collection? Visit MoviesAnywhere.com slash welcome and register for free. Registration with Movies Anywhere required. Open to U.S. residents 13 and over. disabled ships drifting rapidly apart, and each with no purpose than to patch its wounds and return to destroy the other. I can see the nativity had again. Now the score's clearing, sir. How does she bear? About two points on the starboard beam, sir. Ah. There. Ah. She's hope too. Looks a bit lopsided without her foremost. Hmm. Seems to have made no attempt as yet to rake a new one. Well, as soon as we can carry it and sail off so that we can beat the wind over, he'll have it at our mercy. We must try and do it before nightfall, Mr. Bush, and, and or we may lose her altogether in the dark. And uh, now what's this? It's the funeral party, sir. Oh. 
disrespect to the dead, but this ceremony must be swift or the living may be endangered. Aye, aye, sir. We therefore commit their bodies to the deep. under the bottom and seems to be holding. I've been able to release all but 20 men from the pump. Good. Everything ready now for hoisting the mast? All ready, sir. Right. Now, Mr. Bush, it is important that nobody should haul or carry out any movement except by orders. I shall try to use the pitching of the ship to help in the raising of the mast. And if any man acts without my orders, I'll have him flogged. Aye, aye, sir. Hands to the windlass. Mr. Gellard, attend to those swings. Aye, aye, sir. Mr. Galbraith. stump of the old mizzen. I was sick with weariness. I'd been on my quarter deck for over eight hours with neither rest nor food. And through the stress and labor of the battle. I was beginning to find it difficult to concentrate upon anything. So that Bush had spoken twice before I could force myself to listen. I said, sir, that it's a magnificent piece of work. If you'll allow me to say so, sir. Um... Shall I send up the topmast and yards now, sir? I fear it will be useless to attempt to carry any canvas in this wind and stream, Mr. Bush. And the Trinidad is barely in sight now. Uh, just a smudge on the horizon, sir. Aye. Uh, there's not much chance of renewing the action till the wind takes off a bit. Yes, I cannot imagine the Admiral accepting that statement in a report. But it's true enough, sir. We're badly knocked about, and the weather's too rough to carry on the fight. Nevertheless, the report would be received with pitying smiles, Mr. Bush. The excuse is too old, like the uncharted rock which always causes a wreck. The Admiralty is 10,000 miles away, and they can't judge the strength of this storm from there. Yet even though I should be accused of cowardice, there's nothing I can do until the weather moderates. No, sir, there's not. 
In that case, sir, why not take a rest? You look mortally tired, sir. Indeed you do. Uh, let me send and have a burst screened off for you in the wardroom. Little sticks, Mr. Bush. You who need a rest, dismiss the starboard watch and go below and turn in. While the enemy is in sight, I shall stay on deck. But, sir, I think... I gave you an order, Mr. Bush. Aye, aye, sir. Good fellow, Bush, but uh, a fool. A sentimental fool. He'd treat me like an old woman if I'd let him. Hmm. I wonder how Lady Barbara is getting on that. Oh, confounded. Here's that idiot of a steward. Now, can't anybody leave me alone? Well, Paul, Will, what do you want? Well, I've been to attend to the lady, sir. I screened off a bit of the all-op for us, sir. The all-op? But the wounded are in there. Well, they're mostly quiet now, sir. And, well, I couldn't leave her in the cables here. Oh. I've stung the hammock for her. She's... <laughs> she nicked into it like a bird, sir. <laughs> Took a bit of grub, too, and a glass of wine, she did. Oh, very good, Paul. Well, now, it stands to reason, sir. A frigate in the sea like this and a battle-like lot with what we've had is... Well, it's a bit rough on an high-born lady. Just confine yourself to facts and keep your opinions to yourself, Paul Wheel. The high-born lady joined this ship of her own free will, knowing that she was about to go into action. Aye, aye sir. Now, uh, about you, sir. Here's some dry clothes and a chest in the storeroom. Well, I'm afraid the last broadside done for everything in your cabin. Well, I don't want any dry clothes. Uh, of course you don't, sir. I wouldn't suggest this, except in... Well, if you takes cold, sir... You won't be fit when we catch us up with a nativity. Will it change up here, sir, or come below? Uh, <clears throat> now, now, look. If I just lash this here hammock chair to the rail, sir, you could sit there when you've changed and have this biscuit and rum, couldn't you, sir? <clears throat> and this here boat cloak will keep some of the spray off you. And you won't have to leave the deck. Paul oh, Will, are you presuming to give me orders? Orders, sir? Me? <laughs> I hope so knows my place, sir. Hmm. All right, Mr. Bush, sir. You can turn in now. <laughs> Captain's in his chair and sleeping like a baby, sir. <laughs> oh, good heavens, I must have dozed off. Mm. What time is it, I wonder? Well, impossible, it's after midnight. As black as the Earl of Hell's riding boots. Hmm, feels to me as though the weather's improving. Let's have a look at the binnacle. Ah, Mr. Bush. Wind's shifting southerly and moderated, sir. Uh, wish there's a bit of starlight even. Uh, can't see a thing. The Tividad might be 20 miles away or only 200 yards. Yes, I doubt she's close. She was going away to leeward rapidly when we last saw her. She can't have carried out all the repairs she'll need in this weather. What do you think she'll do, sir? Mm, that fellow Crespo commands her is no fool. <clears throat> I believe he'll try to avoid us until he can get into the Gulf of Fonseca and refit. He'd like us to follow him into the Gulf, so he'd have the advantage of the shore batteries as well. But he can't make much sail in his crippled condition, sir. But even if he could, the wind is wrong for getting to the Gulf. I had observed that fact, Mr. Bush. I believe he'll reach far out to sea and claw southwards as far as he can. I shall return to my chair until daylight and attempt to work out what is likely to be his position at dawn. Aye, aye, sir. Morning, sir. Sea's going down fast, sir, and the wind's taken off. Sun will be up in ten minutes. Yes, we'll make sail, if you please, Mr. Bush. Here is the course you are to sail. But as I gave the course, I knew that it was sheer guesswork. 
Every yard I sailed might be away from the Tatevadad while she hurried to safety. My heart was heavy with misgiving, for I knew that if I had failed, there would be many who would attribute that failure to incompetence or cowardice. Concerned, determined not to allow anyone to guess at the doubts and fears which tormented me. When the light should be sufficient for the masthead lookout to scan the horizon, I might be justified or ruined. Yet even my resolution to remain calm must have wavered when my gloomy thoughts were pierced by a wild cry from aloft. We found her, sir. We found her. You are right again, sir. Uh-huh. Look, sir. You can see her from here with the glass. Dead ahead. Yeah. Ah. ah, she's coming round, sir. She's running away. Yes, Crespo wishes to postpone action. He prefers discretion to heroics, and quite rightly, Mr. Bush. However, set every stitch we can carry, send the hands to breakfast. If we engage, there's no telling when they'll eat again, if ever. Aye, aye, sir. Hands to breakfast. We're gaining, sir. She'll not get away this time. We'll blow her right out of the water. Never underestimate your opponent, Mr. Bush. Those 24-pounders of hers are heavy metal. We have a ship which is leaking like a sieve, has a makeshift rig, and is 64 men short. And our firing force is far inferior to hers. You think the wind's going to hold, sir? Mm. Seems to me as if the sun's swallowing it. Oh, it's getting mighty hot, too. It'll be just our luck to lose the wind now. I can't trim it anymore. Hi! You're at the wheel. Oh, here, small blast you. I can't, sir, begging your pardon. There ain't enough wind. Damn it, he's right. The wind's gone, sir. And look at that sky. It's like brass. But in that dead calm and well out of range. We will tow with the boats. Have the launch and cutter hoisted out. Boats away. Cutter's crew. Launch's crew. But it must be done. You've got to pull. Pull till your muscles crack and your hands burst. Now get your clothes off and pull naked. I'll have you relieved in an hour. Now, pull! Oh, Look at that, Mr. Jarrett. That puff of smoke from the Tivitan. Yes, she carries two long 18s aft. We're going to run the gauntlet of those for the next hour. That was nearer, about 50 yards of our starboard quarter. Mr. Gerard, ask Mr. Marsh to see what he can do with the long nine on our forecastle. Oh, I, I know it's not much use, but it'll cheer the men to feel that we're replying. All right, sir. He's ready and waiting. Very good, Mr. Marsh. Show them some fury. Stand by, gun crew. Give me the lanyard. Very good. Try again. Here comes some more, fellas. Ah, that one got us just above the waterline. Followed. 
Well done, Mr. Marsh. Right alongside her. Hello. What's she up to now, sir? The boat's pulling her bows round. Yes, Mr. Bush. We shall now have 25 guns trained on us instead of two. She's positioning for a broadside. We shall have some pebbles about our ears there, long lads. Let's show them that Englishmen don't care. Carronades will not be effective at that distance. Relieve the boat's crews and see if fresh men can pull us nearer. It was intolerably hot. The smell of pitch from the deck seems the bitter tang of powder and the smell of the blood from the wounded, combined with my fatigue and anxiety to make me feel deathly sick. I feared to disgrace myself by being sick in front of the men. They, too, no longer joked at the guns. They were beginning to sulk under punishment. It was a bad sign. Sullivan! Sir! Hey, Sullivan! You your fiddle? Aye, sir, I have that. Well, that well, we'll have a hornpipe. Benskin, hall, McAvoy. A hornpipe for me to do and a guinea for the man that does his best. Aye, Look, look at them, shouting in their 
going to try and board us. Hell! Here they come! Enemies! Conducted by Sidney Torch. Produced by Harry Allen Towers.